chapter 5, verse 1. Now, in this final chapter of 1 Peter, suffering and the second coming of Christ are brought together. What is the relation of our suffering to the second coming of Christ? The Christian life began for each of us with the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, where he bore the penalty of our sins. There is also suffering in the life of the child of God today because God uses suffering in our lives to sharpen us and to make us the kind of Christians that he wants and that he can use. All right, let's look at verse number one. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucris, but of a ready mind. Now he says here, not for filthy lucris, but of a ready mind. Peter makes it clear that an elder or a pastor or bishop must possess the right reason, the right spirit, and the right motive for service. It is not to be for material gain but for the sheer delight of just doing it, because that's who you are. An elder is to find satisfaction in the job itself, rather than what he can get out of it. Let me say it again. An elder is to find satisfaction in the job itself, rather than in what he can get out of it. All right, verse number three. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. In other words, an elder, pastor, or bishop should exercise his ministry in the right manner, not driving, but leading, not domineering, but setting an example. Listen, it is a work, therefore, in which he ought to be an example to the flock. All right, verse number four. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, Ye shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. Listen, an elder's ministry should be done with the proper awareness that he serves the chief shepherd to whom he will have to answer to. And if we as elders do the job according to the way God wants us to, he will reward us with a crown of glory. Listen, never get the impression that we are working for nothing. None of God's children are working for nothing. We are all working to receive rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. All right, let's look at verse number five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and give it grace to the humble. Now here in this verse, Peter tells the young people to respect their elders, to submit to their elders. But he also says for everyone to submit to one another. So elders, you are also to submit to the younger. We are to submit ourselves to one another. And we are to dress up in humility. Put it on. I mean, be fully clothed in humility. Why? Because God resists the proud. God don't have time for proud Christians. But God gives grace to those who are humble before him. And then verse 6 says this. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Jesus said in the gospel, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. If you exalt yourself, you will be obeyed. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, 
God will exalt us. And I'm telling you, there is no one that can promote. There is no one that can exalt like God. He will do it, and he's going to do it in due time. Just hang on in there. Keep doing well. Keep doing what you're doing for Jesus Christ. And God will exalt you in due time. Verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. He cared for you literally means that it matters to him concerning you. Peter says here for us to take all of our problems to God the Father, for he cares about us. Paul told the Philippian believers, worry about nothing, pray about everything. That is, take it to the Lord in prayer and leave it there. Don't pick it up again. All right. Verse number eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Let me read this from the Living Bible, these three verses here, beginning with verse number eight. Be careful. Watch out for attack from Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion, looking for, for some victim to tear apart. Stand firm when he attacks. Trust the Lord and remember that other Christians all around the world are going through these sufferings too. After ye have suffered a little while, our God, who is full of kindness through Christ, will give you his eternal glory. He will personally come and pick you up and set you firmly in place and make you stronger than ever. Oh, I like that. Verse 11. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Savannah's, a faithful brother, unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you, and so do it, Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Marcus here is John Mark, who is the writer of the Gospel of Mark. He was not Peter's natural son, but he was uh, Peter's son in the faith. All right. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Well, I say this due to the fact of our culture, which is different from the culture of Peter here. I think a handshake instead is the best means of Christian greeting. Then Peter finished this letter by saying, Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen.